Hi, and welcome to another episode of Mum's Figuring It Out. And I'm Roxanne St. Clair, and I'm here with my partner in awesomeness, Miss Jo Alexis. Hey everyone, thanks for the intro Roxanne. Yes, we have another exciting episode of Mums Figuring It Out for you. And this week, as you know, sometimes we invite someone to join us. So we have a mum joining us this week. So welcome, Keva. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So I'll get it started. Keva, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So what's your family makeup and what are kind of like your hobbies and interests? Okay. So I'm Keva Maguire and I'm actually from the Bahamas and I've spent many years in between the Bahamas and Ireland. Um, I have two kids. One is 27, Karen is 27 and, and my daughter is 23. And um and I love food and I love to run. So without without the food, you know, um, you can't be like bringing the food to the table for my kids. So I enjoy cooking and I get a lot of inspiration through running for food. Oh, that sounds interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like how, how does that happen? What's that kind of process look like? Oh, okay. So um, I ran, I'm a marathon runner and I started running when my son was two years old and he had asthma. And so I found like during the night I couldn't sleep. And, um, you know, at that point I was a manicurist. And, and so I couldn't sleep because Karen was, would always be up. And then I started running, getting up at 5 a.m. and running and running. And then through running I started thinking about you know what I'm going to cook what I'm going to do and then a client introduced me um said to me why don't you open a restaurant and and so from you know so from Karamas to you from going from running every morning then now changing career from being a manicurist to then becoming um um, owning a restaurant and getting into food. And every time I run, I think of food. I think of what I'm going to produce, what I'm going to cook. And, you know, and I think what happened to me once, just track, backtracking, was somebody told me I couldn't cook. And I was already with, with my husband and he could vouch. Like I was 21 and couldn't boil water. And so, you know, uh, so that was one thing that got me cooking. And then the next thing is somebody told me I couldn't run a marathon. So there were two elements of my life I wanted to achieve that I was like, okay, if somebody said I can't do it, then I'm gonna try I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna try and do it, you know. So a lot of a lot of my inspiration came from, you know, through my running of all the dishes, like the ginger lemonade and and especially dishes for my kids, you know. So my kids would always, you know, we did a lot of family meals. So you know, I would plan out the meal for my kids and have like nice, you know, just make sure they shop for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And the lunch is even in their lunchbox was important to me as well. And um, so that's where basically it, we're now 20, 30 years into it, you know, for me and, you know, for in the cooking business and um, getting involved in everything I do. Wow. Kevin. So what I heard from you, it's a couple of things, but one of the things I heard is, dare anyone tell you you can't do something? Because the minute they do, that challenge that's been thrown down and you're going to pick up that gauntlet and, no pun intended, run with it. Because you couldn't run, so you did mar a marathon. You couldn't boil water, so what did you do? You opened a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, who does that? Yeah. And interesting, my family, like my mother was a cook. My mother worked in a restaurant, um, you know, and uh, my mother worked in a restaurant. My grandmother used to own a, um, she owned a restaurant and a little shop in Andros. So we grew up on an Andros off Nassau and my grandmother would cook for, you know, for the high commissioner. But still, you know, I never, you know, we would grate the coconut, we'll get the total water and brings, um, you know, help in the restaurant. But I never paid attention to the way they cooked. And interestingly enough, bohemian food is what I love and I want to bring that back. So when somebody said, you know, so me not being able to cook, that then brought the opportunity to learn how to cook bohemian food, to show up, to, you know, to push myself to learn different, not only bohemian food, because I learned like, you know, Irish food, being married to an Irish man, you know, my husband is Irish and my mother-in-law was saying to me, oh, you know, I don't like the bread in the Bahamas. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn how to make Irish bread, you know, and, you know, so you just say, yeah. So if somebody says to me, I can't do something, I try, I really try to make it work and try to show up. Mm, I think Sounds you like do you do more than try. try. You just yeah. go. <laughs> you just go for it. You're just like I'm not having that. <laughs> That's brilliant. And, and how, how do you sort of juggle family life then? With you know, you've got a restaurant, you've got kids. How how do you find the balance there, or how do you juggle it all? Okay, so at first it was really difficult. So when I first started my first restaurant, um, Charlotte, my daughter was three years old and my son was like about seven. And, you know, I would get up at 4 a.m. in the morning and I would start cooking in my kitchen. And then I would go for a run when the quiche is in the oven. And then by the time I get back, um, the kids will be up. I'll make breakfast for them, have the kitchen clean and then go to the restaurant. Over the years, it got more and more difficult because, you know, with kids, they come with, you know, they have their own challenges. And so the one thing um, that I learned, like I put that they went, you know, the one thing I learned is that the mealtime was always the time they talk about these things. So my restaurant, my first restaurant would always close at three o'clock and I always made sure I was there to listen to them because juggling a restaurant and, you know, and both parents are involved in a restaurant is a very tough business. It's a very tough business and and either you love it or hate it or it's going to break you or make you. And so, the you know, um, the fact is like, you know, I just have to had to be there for my kids. And some days I wasn't. And um, and when I had my second restaurant and I moved, you know, they were adults. I heard all the things that happened when I was running a restaurant. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, I miss out that on that part of your life. I miss out on this part of life. But, but now we sit at the table, they'll come home and we'll have breakfast and our breakfast would last forever because we then start storytelling. We then start speaking about the past or start speaking about mom, when you run the restaurant, oh, this is what we did in school. And you didn't know about that. And, and so now I appreciate the fact that, you know, we could do this. We could actually go back and talk about it. So my business really didn't completely break them. It still made them, um, you know, who they are today, which they love good food. They they love coming home to my cooking. They love eating, you know, like they love, they love eating good food and they love eating food that's, um, you know, like, you know, they would say, mom, if I have this particular food, it reminds me of you or your cooking, that sort of thing. Mm. Wow. And it's interesting you talking about how your children, you know, recollect what it was like when you were running the restaurant and what like what was happening in their life. 
whilst you were living your life in parallel. And earlier on, you mentioned that when you were preparing their lunch boxes, it was very important to you as to what went into their lunch boxes. So although you potentially weren't there physically all the time because you had to run the business, you still ensured that they were being taken care of, you know, nutritionally. And that, yeah. that's something that was, you know, as mothers, we tend to find that if we are working or we've got commitments, how do we show our love? How do we give that little bit of ourselves to them when we can't physically be there? And that's what I heard coming out in your conversation there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, like there was one time my sister, my daughter was sitting on leaving cert when I gave, I, you know, basically I gave up the restaurant for her last year of high school and she wanted be struggling off. And she's like, mom, I really looking forward to be struggling off. And she dropped the whole thing and she called me. She's like, well, I dropped my beef stroganoff. I don't have my beef stroganoff for my lunch. And she was so looking forward to it. And, you know, so cooking those sort of meals for Charlotte. And I remember at one point when she was sitting, studying, I would take, I would actually take food to her school, hot light, you know, lamb chops, her favorite food, especially the final year. I think parents sometimes forget the final year of school, which is the A-levels and stuff, those are the crucial year of our kids. You know, yeah, I could backtrack to all their time before that, but the final years of my kids' schooling was the most crucial because I had to get up 5 a.m. They were 18 years old, 17, 18. I made sure they had a nutritious breakfast. I made sure we went to the gym. And then I would go home, I'll make lunch, hot lunch, and I would drive it to the school. And I remember at one point, I didn't have a car in Ireland. And I actually got on the train with this hot dish. And then I had to dessert because, you know, I wanted to make sure that, at, you know, she would eat a hot lunch that would take her into study period. And that was important. And I think for her, that meant a lot. Having me always there to have this sort of like, to make sure that she ate well, but also... You know, if she's stressed out on studying, at least she could have one thing to look forward to is food. And, you know, in my running, I would see kids going to school eating, you know, packaged stuff or stopping in a coffee shop and or Tesco and getting those pre-made sandwiches. And, you know, and that saddens me because they're so young and I'm like, you know, their parents are so um, so busy, they can't stop to really make them a proper breakfast or lunch. So that used to bother me when I used to see kids um, eating in, from the Tesco's, um, you know, getting food from the Tesco market in the morning and not um, leaving in the house, but leaving their house without a proper food, a proper meal or something. Yeah. Mm. Your passion really shines through about, like Roxanne said, it's like you're so passionate about them having a healthy meal being there for them in the way that you could be at that time you know so and that that really shines through and, and that's that's beautiful to to hear actually so thank you for sharing that yeah i think um yeah for me now it's just so family meals have gone out the window you know so much so few families like there's a generation who don't know how to cook, who, you know, I learned at 21, but there's another generation who aren't, you know, they just can't be bothered because they just weren't taught by their parents because their parents were so tired. And, you know, so I, you know, and then the next thing is, they, you know, there's a lot of takeouts. So there's a lot of, with takeouts, there's a lot of waste. So, you know, when I visit friends, um, 
I see the waste and I see that they don't have a dining room table. They don't sit and have a proper meal. And, you know, they have the nice stoves, they have the nice kitchen, but they don't cook. And in my restaurant, I think like it was important to, to bring that home cooking to my clients as well. So it could be a simple dish. It could be um, a simple corned beef with rice, but you put so much into that simple, which, what we call fire engine that I grew up on. And, you know, people just eat it. You know, they'll eat it like they haven't tried it before. That You know, a certain dish, they'll say, oh, I just want to eat this kebab because I don't want it to end. And so the same sort of, um, effort I put into my kids and my family cooking, I put into my cooking in my restaurant, into my food, um, you know, all the time. Like, yeah. Mm, so that's, oh, when I'm hearing you talk about food and preparing food, even the simple dishes, it's almost as though, and again, I did mention it earlier on, but you just want to take care of people. And your way of taking care of people is making sure that the food that goes into their body is received in a particular way so that they feel that they're being taken care of. And yeah. you just mentioned that they people say to you they don't want the meal to end. What what kind of that's how do you feel when people say that to you? What a compliment. Yeah, yeah I, I feel really good. I, and I feel good but the bag comes back in, um, empty. So I like to nourish people's mind, body and spirit through food. And I think like, you know, and I was giving somebody's lesson last night on making coconut chip my neighbor he had it at one of my supper clubs and he said can you just show me how to make coconut chips and and he said you know just your presence and showing me how to do this he said you know I'll never forget this whole experience of you know just you know the demonstration of it but also to taste and you know just doing taking an ordinary coconut for 70 it's by ADP and turning it into a delicious snack and just a present of being there for people. So, you know, so not only do you, okay. So going back to your question, it's just like, it makes me feel good when people say that, but it also makes me feel good when people feel so open that they could talk to me in a restaurant, they feel open that, you know, so I'm not only giving notion them with food, they have this openness with me that they feel, that they could share anything and they come to the restaurant to share the experience or if they're upset or something like that, they could say, Kevin is there. Kevin's going to make me feel good through food or Kevin's going to serve me that, you know, blueberry muffin that I'm going to, you know, love or I'll have that ginger lemonade when I feel bad and she's going to make it hot so it could make me feel good again. And so, you know, oftentimes I hear I would be running and somebody will stop me and they'll say, um, I will always remember your salad dressing cover. So, you know, and, you know, would you do that again? So it's nice having that feeling. And I'm a self-taught chef. Like I taught myself how to cook. And, you know, sometimes I got it really wrong. And people, I remember one client saying to me, he actually said to me, he said, your particular, this particular dish tastes like, you know, he really gave out and the restaurant was full. And I just thank him. And I said, thank you so much for letting me know. And I went in my kitchen. I said to my staff, we're going to dump every last one of it. And we're going to make sure we do it well. And, you know, so some feedback like that challenged me to say, I'm going to do better. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to cook that dish the best I can do. And, you know, when people come, they'll never have to complain about it again. And so, 
yeah, those were the drives, uh, you know, food drive me and doing it consistently, you know, sometimes I fall back on that. Sometimes you, you question yourself, you have this insecurity. And then, you know, my son would always say, mom, you need to trust yourself. You know, he said, you produce, you know, good food, you know, like, you know, he said, look, you know, and he would just, ooh, an hour about it. Like he'll eat. And he was like, that, ooh, mom, oh, you know. And so those, even that sensation of the feeling, oh, in an hour, it's just like, that makes me feel good. Even when customers do it, it makes me feel good. Brilliant. I love that. That'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> So have any of your, I'm just curious, have any of your children kind of followed in your footsteps? Are any of them like really into cooking or nutritious? Not at all. (laughs) I I guess like similar to me, like when my mom was cooking and she used to run a restaurant, I didn't fall. I didn't think I would, you know, cook. It was like something you run away from. But interesting enough, like my son, I just sent him a whole bunch of simple recipes because he's living abroad now. And and I sent him a uh, shopping list because you know young people find it very difficult to shop these days because it's super expensive and so I try to teach my kids how to use simple ingredients and make it into something nice so even if you're making a mac and cheese uh, you know on the stove how you could boil the pasta in chicken stock to give it some flavor and so often you go to restaurants now everybody's cheating you know like I would eat something I'm like yeah why couldn't they add a you know this they're missing this they're, they're cheating that and you know they think we don't notice they think the regular person would say oh yeah it's because this restaurant is famous i you know they wouldn't notice that there's uh, an ingredient missing and but in my kids I would say if you're boiling mac and cheese uh, macaroni add half a chicken stock in it if you're cooking rice add a bit of coconut milk in it or add a vegetable stock to it flavor it and then if you're cooking rice to fish great you're going to use the lime anyway right so you might as well have that zest into your rice and then that's going to make that fish boom because then you have that flavor going so many times we cook and we're like oh the sauces are gonna like add the flavor we're gonna focus on the meat sauce or the gravy and then we put it on the on this bland rice you know and you're like you know that's not nice you have to marry the two everything needs um to go together it's like connecting right it's like connecting the dots so you can't say okay i'm gonna have this big dot to connect to this small dot so when you're cooking rice with curry like if i'm cooking curry i would actually take uh, all of the leftovers from the onions and stuff and i throw that into a pot and i make that stock so nothing goes to waste um and then i pour it off that water off and i cook my rice in it and then i add you know, the lime or the coconut or something. And that just makes the whole dish. You can eat one and enjoy that in individually. And you can eat the curry and eat it individually. So the two all go together. And I think that's what restaurants are missing out on. They're just giving you just plain boiled rice um, in water, you know, and you're like, okay, yeah, have that bit of curry. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. We've just had a lesson there. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I, I I couldn't keep up and taking notes, but like you've just given so many tips and ideas. And I love that because I think sometimes as a parent you can get stuck with what to cook or how to make a meal different. And you've just like just thrown in lots of like you said, simple ideas 
that can just turn your rice around, can turn your pasta around. Um, and that's sometimes what we need. And like you said, with young people as well, sometimes it's just the ideas and having those ideas. And like you've, you've just thrown some great gems in there. So I hope you're all taking notes, mums, because there are some real, <laughs> real little uh, twists that you can make just to, ch and the meal will tell, taste slightly different, won't it? So um, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hearing you describe those things and the fact that you've sent a shopping list to your son do you have a cookbook out are you planning a cookbook you know like simple dishes for you know for people with with short on time and stuff because those gems that you've just given i'm thinking yeah how, why not make food fun yes <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah, it's in the making. Yeah, eventually I would love to do a cookbook on that and, you know, and um, to, you know, just help people to enjoy food in a different way. And it just wakes up a different sense. So when we were little, you know, like we had certain dishes from our grandmother and um, um, our mother and we remember those. And it wakes up the senses when we have those again in our adulthood. And it's just a comfort. It makes us feel, it feel, makes us feel at home. It makes us feel warm. And if we're sad, it just embraces. And I think our ancestors did what they did with food. And the reason why they taste so good, they had very little, right? They had very little to work with. So if they had grits, which is sometimes called polenta, they would take the leaf of a lime, um, lime tree, um, the sour tree or the orange tree, and they'll throw that in the water. And they'll because all they'll have is that grits to give, you know, to give for a meal, but the lime leaf will season it up. So they really tried they you know, they utilize what they had and that's why their foods taste so much better. They they took the time. They had to think, um, they had to think innovatively to make, you know, make lo make long lasting flavors, but make a meal go a long way, just like a simple grits with no meat. And, you know, so just to have that lime flavor in it, you're like, oh, this is good, you know? And, and so I think, yeah, it's really, it will be nice to, go back to basics and go back to things that, you know, that are so forgotten in this generation, you know, and there's so much waste. And because we have so much waste, I mean, like, even if the blueberries are soft, put them in the freezer, make smoothie. But also if the blueberries are soft, look up an idea to make a uh, blueberry bread, quick bread. Those are like five ingredients to make a blueberry sweet bread. And that could go on the table or a lunchbox. You take bananas, even the banana skin. If you think of a banana skin, you think, yeah, we're going to throw that away. And if we're using a lot of bananas, if I have five bananas a week in my breakfast and I throw that away. First of all, my garbage is going to smell. But second of all, what can I do with this banana leaves? So what I did now, I wash off the banana, I freeze it if I'm not going to use it. But if I'm cooking chicken, I take that banana skin and I put it around my chicken and I cook it because it adds moisture, right? And then I take it and I put it around meat. So if you're doing like a roast beef, but you're not dumping the banana skin, you're actually using it, you know? And the next thing you could do with banana skin is actually you could boil it and make banana tea, um, you know? And that's really beneficial for the body and mind as well so instead of throwing away your banana skin you're doing on like just a simple filet of chicken you just wrap it around um you know you season chicken you put it in the oven covered it in foil and that banana uh, the flavors from that skin 
enhances your chicken. Wow. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. Not only is it like good quality food, it's simple, it's nutritious, and it's green. I mean, yeah. I think that's amazing. Amazing. I think you need a TV program. Forget the cookbook. You need a TV program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some more recipes our way, please. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You've just shared so much richness in this conversation that I hope that, as Joe mentioned before, I hope that mums, parents, whoever's listening to this podcast takes notes and they go and listen to it again so they can go and top up the notes because what you've just shared is invaluable. And, you know, you mentioned about food waste and we do have a lot of food waste. And, you know, you mentioned blueberries. Blueberries get soft, so we don't want to eat them anymore. Freezing them, you said, or making a blueberry, a sweet bread with blueberries. I hadn't thought of that. Five ingredients. Yeah, five ingredients. For a blueberry bread, it's like five ingredients. It really is. And for you who don't have egg, you could actually add a banana to it, and that creates your egg. So you mash up two bananas in it, and that creates your egg as well. And so it's still, you still get the same texture and everything. So, you know, blueberry bread, like right now we're abundance in strawberries, right? So I have strawberry that I parade, and I'm just going to turn that into a quick strawberry bread and just sprinkle some almonds on top of it. Five ingredients, great bread, good for breakfast, good for kids' lunchbox. You know, but these um, these simple, quick breads with waste, um, you know, so we often knew about banana bread. But so many people don't tap into the other fruits that we can actually make bread with. You know, my restaurant was known, like, uh, for its apple muffin. Uh, we used to have so many apples and we'll turn it into like a muffin. And one girl, you know, one young girl who used to come in from, she was two, she said, I would never forget that apple muffin. And it was the first time I did it. I was jogging along and I'm like, what am I going to do with all these apples? There are recipes out there, uh, but I just said, oh, I'll make an apple school muffin. And at that time in the um, late, um, early 19, late 1990s, uh, you know, People weren't thinking of a lot of stuff. Same as plantain. Like we had an abundance of plantain. So I make plantain chips. Parents can make plantain chips. No problem. And then I made plantain bread. And I made it into two different breads. So I made a sweet plantain bread. And I made a savory plantain bread with spices and, and herbs in it. And, you know, and that's the one thing I loved about having my restaurant because on Tuesday we self innovated this, you know, those like, Mr. Why, where did you get this idea? I said, I think there's a chef living in my head because sometimes I really, you know, I surprised myself, you know, and um, so the plantain bread recipe, yeah, I still have that and, and customers bought it and, and it's not that somebody could find, it's not one you could find all the time because people don't think that they could use plantain in a bread. Mm. no definitely I wouldn't have thought that either and I think it's it's interesting because you you know I think I feel like you're showing a real like your creativity is coming out through through your cooking but also like that mind body connection where you're running and you know it's just that picture of you running and all that's where your I you know we all have different places that our ideas generate and you know that running is the thing that generates your your ideas for cooking you know for me it's like being in the shower or something like that near water you know we all have these different things but it's it's just amazing that you, you've made that connection and so you've made that a part of your of your daily living that you know the running and and those two go hand in hand and that comes through really powerfully 
Uh, running is, um, you know, running connects us with um, nature. Like this one, I went for a run and I just like, you know, so often we forget how beautiful um, the gardens is or uh, I would see a tree or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that tree, you know, has a lot of leaf. It's shading us in the summer. And then I see the same tree in the winter. And I said, let go of his leaf, right? Leaves. And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's interesting. It just keeps going. So that's typically I'm connecting the two with food. You just have to realize that it all takes it's all a process and it all works. Mm, Absolutely. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So this has been awesome. Thank you so many for we've said so many gems today that are amazing and as Roxanne said go back and listen to this episode because it has got so much information in it um one other thing we like to do Keva with our guests before they leave us is to ask can you share three nuggets um with our listeners so what what's kind of three tips that you would give to any of our mum listeners um today trust that you could still learn from your children listen to your you know I believe that Sometimes we think our kids don't have a lot to offer. So we are so grown up. We don't, you know, what they say is invaluable. And and just um, spend time at the t- dinner table with your children. Spend more time eating. Um, because when we, when they're around the table, that's when you find out what's going on in their life, I think, for me. And the next thing as moms... Um, Cooking is therapy. And so even if you're tired, um, you know, just go in the kitchen and pull out something and just be creative. And that will make you feel so much better because when you put that on the table, that's a part of you. And But also it releases that stress. You know, for me, I found that two things that de-stress me is my running and my cooking. And Every time I was stressed, I would go to the kitchen and I'd try to create something. And that just always made me felt so much better. Because you t- for that mo- for an hour or so, you take your mind off the problem and you have to refocus onto something different. And that's when you're cooking for somebody else, even if it's yourself. So you're doing a favor for somebody else and you're taking your uh, mind off your problem, of you. So that's what I would say. You know, get back to the kitchen, mm-hmm. cook, listen to your kids and have family meals set family meals every week love that love that thank you for sharing thank you for having me (laughs) and that you know those three tips are so spot on because as you mentioned sometimes we feel that as a parent we're supposed to have all of the answers but sometimes you know it's good to stop and listen to your children to hear what they can suggest to you because they are observing you in your life and sometimes they can see things that we can't see ourselves so that's fantastic and the spending time around the dinner table because when you hear things it's so true and we start we do that on a Sunday we we tend to have Sunday the day that we can all sit down at the same time and we take it in turns as to who's going to say grace each week and yeah, the co- initially everyone's quiet because they're eating, but after everyone's eaten, then the bits of information start to come out and you start to hear little things. It was like, okay, and <laughs> yes. And I also like the cooking is therapy because I hadn't thought about it in those terms because I could, you know, raise my hand up and confess that sometimes we're on my days to cook, we take it in turns to cook. 
I'm thinking about other things because I, maybe I'm rushing or I feel okay, they want to eat by a certain time. So I've just got to get it done. Yeah. But now hearing you say cooking is therapy, I think I'm going to actually now see my days to cook in a different way and really go all into that creative process and experiments. I'm going to start using more stock in my rice. For yeah. The, for the, for the, and yeah, you know, you've given, uh, yeah, you've given me some food for thought today. So I just want to thank you so much for blessing us with your presence today. And, and we know that you weren't feeling 100% earlier on. But you were determined you were going to come on. And I'm so grateful that you did because we, look what we would have missed out on if we did have the conversation <laughs> today. Yeah. 100%. Oh, thank you so much. And when you do cooking, you know, like Roxanne, going back to you, like just put on music or put on YouTube and listen to an audiobook. And that's what I tend to do when I'm cooking. And that's the time you have for yourself to do, to listen to something you wouldn't have an opportunity to listen to. So classical music is always my go-to as well as audiobook on um, YouTube. <laughs> and I just put up the, put my, you know, iPad there and as I cook. So that's, an, you know, that's, that's where it becomes therapeutic, right? Just silence. Sometimes we just need to be silenced, right? <laughs> I, can, I can see lots of mums running away to say they're going to cook now and taking their, their audio book or their music or their whatever. I'm in yeah. the kitchen, I'm cooking, I'm cooking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us in this conversation. And yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. And for okay. mums who are listening, if you're on a platform where you can leave a comment, please do. Or as always, you can email us at mumsfiguringitout at gmail.com. Share what um, you've picked up from today's episode. Or if you've got any questions that you'd like us to pass on to Kevra on your behalf, please do. But do enjoy the podcast. Do share it with anyone that you feel needs to hear it. And make sure you subscribe so that you get notifications when we have new episodes coming out. So it's been awesome being with you on this episode and we look forward to catching up with you on the next one. So it's bye for now. Bye-bye.